0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff
1: Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 284, 16 episodes to episode 300. Very exciting. Uh, Today is Tuesday. uh, I was going to say episode 15 because episodes are on my mind, apparently. Uh, Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. 3 I'm um, also if you guys are listening on Spotify and you are not following the Elijah fire podcast yet go ahead and give us a follow that'll really help us out also anytime you guys donate to Elijah com slash donate um obviously it goes towards this ministry but then we go beyond and you get the double whammy you get the the Elijah streams and you get streams of living water for people you get to get in, in the well efforts that we're doing so and she went over to Uganda partnering with Show Mercy, who we partner with, and uh, shared some testimonials of a well commissioning that she got to be a part of, and um, a lot of the amazing work that Show Mercy is doing over in Uganda. So I'd highly encourage you guys to check it out. Really, really cool. Um, That's also something that you guys can get in on as well, and that is you go to, I had it right here and then it was away, boom, showmercy.org. Um, And you can look at their missions, opportunities. So again, that's showmercy.org. But we're going to play a quick update video, and then we are going to get going with today's fantastic guest.
0: Clean water comes to Zimbabwe,
2: Africa. Hi, my name is Dumeza Nindjavu. I'm a pastor and a church planter. In 2005, we planted a church at a place called Iñati. Inyati and as we were preaching a witch doctor gave his life to the lord and that gave birth to the church that we drilled the ball on and this is just something outstanding something that will propel our vision and gospel even further this community as i speak is a different community and will never be the same everyone is talking about it Yesterday, school children came in numbers to witness the drilling. And today, we installed the pump. We saw the water coming. People are just happy talking about it everywhere. This is something new in this community. They've been traveling like uh, 16 kilometers to get some water. But now, it's a matter of uh, opening the tap. We put the tap for the community and the tip for the church that they'll also grow some vegetables there. Our community now knows the love of the Lord. I want to express my gratitude to Steve and Elijah Stream for the support you are giving to our communities. All gifts are valuable but water is life. Thank you so much. May the Lord continue to resource you. Amen.
0: Would you consider giving towards the drilling of water wells? Donate online com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 Second Avenue, Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon 97321.
1: That's amazing. Uh that well, I believe is called an art artesian well I think uh, but anyways there's other videos that we've shown before and it's like this massive geyser of water like shot out of the ground when they dug that borehole borehole and it's because they don't need pressurization or anything it's like a special kind of water source so really really cool guys that's in Zimbabwe um, again we started in Uganda and we've gone out uh, I'm just so excited to see what new places that we're digging these wells and it's because of your guys' generosity so god bless you guys all right uh my guest today you know him you love him he's an evangelist he's also the host of farewell to the surface podcast let's give it up for our guest today joshua zatkoff what is up dude hallelujah what's going on good 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 what have you been up to lately
3: well, I've been busy with family. I got a dog, um, so that's been an extra, like you know, busy thing. Um, starting my job is is uh, the job that I'm moving into. It's like they're they're slowly kind of throwing more on me as I as I go. Cause it was part time, and so I'm moving into uh, full time. Um, awesome. So that's it. I've really been, you know, I actually have pulled away this last few weeks, this last month from from social media a lot, and you know, cut off a lot of Netflix, and I just really just kind of. Just been sitting, waiting, you know, soaking mm-hmm. a little bit, and um, so that's what
1: I've been doing, you know. Nice. Kids,
3: kids keep you busy though, so yeah. yeah. So I
1: gotta ask, were you stoked to get a dog, or were you the one that was not stoked to get the dog?
3: No, I was um. I wasn't. My daughter's been asking me for one for years, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and it's like one of those things. I think it's a it's a rites to passage as a parent where it's like, yeah. you know, I remember asking my parents like, yeah, I promise I'll take care of it. And, then, <laughs> you know, like three weeks later, you don't even look at the thing, you know. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and so it's kind of one of those things where I got it and it was like a weekend. It was like, you know, she'd be like sleeping at like 11 or something and I, on the weekend. And I'm like, you know. Hey, the dog hasn't gone out. She's like, well, I'm sleeping. And, you know, <laughs> so, you know, so it just, I took over everything basically. And I'm walking it and doing that. That's this. like
1: the cliche, isn't it? It's like the dad yeah. takes over the uh, dog, but then the dog and the dad become like best buds. So, yeah. Well, actually, actually I got a ticket
3: for him. I mean, he's this this dog is trouble. What? (laughs) Yeah, I got I got to go to court because this dog from last week, I got a ticket because I was running into the jail for a few minutes and I tied him to a tree out because it was like a nice day and he likes to come with me. So I tied him to the tree, ran in instead of keeping him in my car. When I came out, there was uh, animal control. And she wrote me a ticket for inadequate housing, and I said, "Well, it's, he's not being housed here; he's just chilling." You know, I didn't. Yeah, but yeah. She took it serious, and I was like, "Wow, I learned something new today." Wow, <laughs> I
1: didn't know that that was a thing. I've yeah. seen plenty of people tie their dogs to various things. So, yeah, yeah. what kind of dog is it?
3: It's a uh, German Shepherd uh, Husky.
1: Oh, Makes nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, but no, wow. I've been, I've been good though. Been busy. Mm. Good. You know? good man busy's good and also taking a break from social media good you know it's really
3: weird actually like i it,
1: it, there really is
3: such a thing as like detoxing from it like yeah? it's like the first couple of days you almost feel that like you feel that that pool to like look at your phone and you know like and then after like a week it just kind of you just kind of forget about it and then you get to a place where you know for me for example i just i, I get to a place where i really don't care to have it at all mm. but then it's like there's certain things about it where you're like it's i need it you know what i mean and and so that's why i like to pull away and come back pull you know but
1: yeah yeah and especially like when you know you've been blessed with any kind of a platform you know there's some good there's a lot of good you can do there but i think it is important like to and obviously look i think it also goes along with different people's convictions you know like but uh you know I, I do kind of miss the days when we didn't have social media, man. <laughs> it's, it's a
3: weird, a different world with it. Yeah. Right? It's, it's definitely a different world. Yeah, man. yeah,
1: for sure. So, all right, well, we titled this episode, what is the secret place? We're going to be talking about a lot of different things, but specifically coming at it from an entry point of what even is the secret place, Josh, when you mentioned the secret place, what is it? Mm-hmm
3: yeah so the reason i I thought of this topic and you know I felt led to share this is because for one, I believe that this is probably one of the most impactful and, and most important um, aspects of being a Christian. I think that this topic right here, a secret having a secret place will make or break you, and that is what I believe just in non in a non-judgmental way that is what I've seen has separated people. You know what I mean? Like, that's what separates the people. You're like, man, they really are carrying something versus just, you know, we just go through the flow of the Christian life. And, um, and so, you know, it's also one of the things that I get questions about a lot, you know, and just how to do it like this and how to do like that. And, um, so it's just something that it's one of my favorite things to talk about, honestly. And, um, Mm -hmm. And I don't. I, the thing about it is that I'm careful in in putting methods on it because there's no methodology to right, it. Right. I do think my sister has a dog, and and it's blind, right? And uh, what I notice about this dog is since it's blind, how it finds its way around the house is it finds a wall, um, and it, and it guides the the foundation of the wall, so it rides the wall to, and finds the structure of the house, and so mm-hmm. now it can run freely. But for a while before it had to ride a wall, you know, because it couldn't see. And um, I think that, that the secret place is similar, that there are certain foundational walls that are set in place and parameters to kind of find your way around. But then once you encounter God in it, I think he takes over. And, yeah. and um, you know, the first thing I'll say is that uh, I believe there's two secret places. There okay. is a secret place that's referred to in Matthew 6 when, when Jesus, he says, you know, go into a room and, and go into the quiet and close the door and talk to your father in private. And that is the the place of meeting. That is the uh, place that's associated with a physical location or a time or a place. And I believe that um, it's extremely important to have that. And that's and you know there's two. I'll say real quickly. There's two other you know aspects of this that I'm going to branch off into. And one of those is priesthood, and another thing is is altars because they all kind of feed each other. Um, but the secret place is I think the initial place that we need to to um give ourselves to and so i'll I'll start with saying that the second secret place is the place in your heart
2: Hmm. that
3: is the secret place the unseen place the the place where it's it's you and god and god is there and and he sees every motive every move every you know what i'm saying and that is the that is the private secret place that you travel with that Hmm. is the the place that you live from and you flow from and um so for me when i first got saved um i remember feeling such a pull to that, to that place, you know, after having my initial, I guess, encounter with Jesus, right. I remember feeling like that's all I wanted to do. And, um, it was funny because when I moved into this halfway house and there was a a bed there, uh, in one of the rooms that was right next to a, a closet. And it was like a little cool prayer closet set up. And I remember I said, you know, I, I need that bed. Someone else had the bed. But in my heart, I said, God, I need that bed it was like right next to this prayer closet. And it was like two weeks later, the dude was like, yeah, I'm moving to another room. I don't want this. You know what I mean? And I got the bed. Yeah. Um, and so I remember having this just excitement of, of rushing to that place. And what was interesting is that the more that I went, the more that there was a hunger um, given. And it's like it's so interesting how God feeds us with more hunger. And that was what I started noticing. And and from that place, I, I noticed that I started to only want to be there. And then when I would leave there, I would always feel just just different. And so I, you know, I think that, and then from that place is where I formed the second secret place. You know, it's like it was there that I really um fine-tuned the voice of God for myself. It's there where I quieted my soul. It was there that that I began to find the ways, uh, that, that God is, is drawn, the, the ways that he moves away. It was, it was there that everything was established. It, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's that, um, that private place, you know, David was in the fields, pastoring every, every person in the Bible had those, those, those pool of ways, Jesus, especially, you know what I mean? It's the, those pool ways. And so for me, the secret place is there's no method to it. And that's what I guess I wanted to talk about is, you know, every people ask me, you know, how, what do you do? What, how do you do? What do you do in the secret place? What does it look like for you? And I always tell people, like, there's no, there's no method, but there are things that are always there. And one of them is time. You mm-hmm. know, like, there is no, this is not a fast paced thing. The world loves fast. And we see all throughout the Psalms, wait on the Lord. He'll give you your strength. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Wait on the Lord. And there's a reason for that it's because in the waiting, there is also a simultaneous crushing there is a it's like for example, if you go into prayer, most people when we we pray, we start off in our flesh we're praying from our mind in corinthians fourteen he says i pray and, and um and when he's praying in the spirit, he says, "My mind is unfruitful, so it means he's not even in his mind, you know, but we start off usually we pray from a list, we pray from our mind, we pray from our flesh, but then you'll notice a lot of times, you know, myself included, there's times you just, you just pray what you need to pray and kind of keep it moving. But I've no, I, I started to notice that there was, a, a, you know, I'm sure that you've heard the analogy of this, um, the temple, you know, the outer courts and the inner courts and the Holy mm-hmm. of Holies. I started to really see that play out. And I started to notice that when I would, the, the, the interesting about God is that you don't, you know, it's it's the heart intention. So when I started to, Extend the the time frames, not because I was just trying to. Oh, I stayed for this longer. You know what I mean. But when I naturally, just out of hunger and and love for God, started to extend the times I was dwelling there, I started to notice. I started to transition into different, um, into different spaces. Into like yeah. I would feel myself shift into different uh, yeah. dimensions. And um, and I started to notice. You know, again, not to not to try to put times, but I did start to notice that one thing that consistently happened was. It wasn't until like 45 minutes or an hour into prayer, like a prayer that I would even move into the place of like being really connected to God. It was like that first hour seemed to always just be noise. You know, it's like I had to like empty myself. And that first hour was, yeah, you know, you, you like people, you know, you always people talk about you open the Bible and all of a sudden like people are talking to you and, you know, distracting. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, you get a text. Yeah. Yeah. All that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. And so it's similar, like the secret place you sit down and you notice you get quiet. like I'd like to start the secret place time off with just literally just sitting quiet for at least like 10 minutes. I don't Mm. say anything. I just in my heart. I don't I just say father in my heart and be quiet. And from there, it's like he'll let me know if I need to repent for things. He'll let me know, you know, what kind of what kind of day is it? Are we just going to worship you today? And just am I just going to love on you? Is today? Do I need to intercede for something? It's like that stuff will come to me, and then I just start to transition into worship, and 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 from there it flows from what it's going to happen, and and so I, I tell people that there's times where that secret place is is just an hour of of worship. There's times that it's an hour of worship and then an hour of prayer. There's times that it's it's worship for ten minutes and then reading my Bible for an hour. There's times, you know, and there's it's there's times that it's like super powerful. For 20 minutes and then i'm done there's times there's a a, i think it was smith wigglesworth that said um i never pray for more than an hour but i never go in more than an hour without prayer yeah something like that like 30 maybe it was 30 minutes um so it's like there's there's all these different ways but what i learned what was always the common denominator it it was a heart posture of turning to the father um Of of turning and and song uh, song of Solomon, it says, um, I think it's chapter two, it says, Until the day breeze and the shadows flee, my heart says, Turn, you know, and so it is just that that cry of of turning and constantly coming back to and dwelling there and forsaking all else. And and so, you know, again, what I noticed was that when I started to dwell in the secret place, we see John 15, he says, Abide in me, abide in and and I started to notice that there was there was something more like I, I had in the halfway houses is really where I learned a lot of this, because the first year of my walk, I was living in halfway houses, you know, so it was really interesting because the first one was a Christian based one. So I would say at least five or other guys were Christians. And then the other one, it, it was just kind of balls of the wall and people were, you know, doing wild stuff there. And um, <laughs> yeah. And so I learned, you know, I learned. A lot in that time and but what I noticed was that that was the the separation of the the people that would just we'd go to church they would do the bible study but then after they're just on the tv they're just hanging out screwing around and then I would pull away like I just was I you know and I know it's all it's it's all god-given Paul said it I work harder than any of you but it's not I it's the grace of God and so don't don't be mistaken and, and you know I don't think that any of this was just oh I I did this it's right. All, You're not two tooting players. your own
1: horn. You're just pointing at no. a difference. Yeah, I'm
3: just sharing. Yeah, I'm I'm literally just sharing like yeah. how it happened and what happened and and like I said, it was the hunger uh, um to to seek him that was the reward was just more hunger to seek him. Right. And so that was always you know and so I started to notice that I would pull away, and then I started to notice myself kind of separate within just terms of holiness, just terms of like um you know, my day to day stuff, like I didn't want to cuss, Uh, then the people that just wanted to go to church and then come home, like they were still cussing, they're still doing. So it was just I just started to notice a drifting away Mm -hmm. and a separation where I started to feel like I don't feel like I have much in common with this anymore, you know, and, and, and so it was from there that I started to seek out, you know, um, generals in the faith, older saints in the faith. And and when I would read their lives, I noticed that they all had the same thing in common, seek the secret place. And they all had the biggest emphasis on prayer. John Wesley was known for praying like 17 hours
1: before a, a sermon, which is insane yeah, that, to my mind. Is, yeah. <laughs> but to him, it's like endurance too. I think like when you do it, the more you do it, the longer you can go, you know what I mean? Like the same right. with like reading the word. Yeah. It's like at first, like 10 minutes out of your day seems like a big, yeah. like that's a big sacrifice. Yeah. But then, you know, given a year's worth of doing that or more, 10 minutes is like, no, I'm not even, that's nothing, you know? Yeah. So.
3: No, it's, it's true. And, and I do believe we're graced for different things. I, I always joke around and say, I have the prayer life of a prophet, but the work ethic of an evangelist, you know, and, and, the, and I've noticed that there's different graces. Like I, one of my best friends, he's, you know, he's definitely got a teaching grace and he loves the word and he'll spend like four hours in work in the word but doesn't want to, you know, pray very long. And I'm, I'm the opposite. I don't really like to spend, I used to spend a lot more time in the word. I don't really spend more than like an hour or two in the mm-hmm. in the word at a time. Um, But I like to pray longer.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give.
3: And so it's, you know, we have that complete opposite and you see it in us. Like he's a lot more um, very apologetical, very, you know, that is his secret place is he he flows from that place and you know it, it really does show the separations of of grace and how we're we're all designed for different purposes um and so then uh you know i guess the, you know the the secret place of the heart is really the interesting one i think because that is the one where you you begin to, like that is the one that will bring you back to the physical physical location you know it's like i started to notice like my first encounter with i guess i would say the secret place of the heart was i started to notice just because i didn't know the voice of god you know what i mean i just knew that i believed in jesus and i started to notice this other voice was coming to me you know that was bubbling up from my heart it wasn't uh, a thought but it came as a yeah. thought and. And when I would pay attention to it, I would feel more and more free. Mm. And I noticed that I would just pay attention to this voice. And, and then it would, it would start like leading me on these little like missions, you know, and it, it was mm-hmm. it was kind of like weird. But I noticed when I obeyed that voice, I would feel more free and more full. It's interesting because when you look at um, um, uh, uh, Samuel, it says that the word of the Lord came to him. He called him his name and he thought it was Eli and then he says no go back to bed and then he comes again so three times he audibly speaks to Samuel mm-hmm. and it said the third time it said he had not known the word of the lord so we're talking about an audible voice but there was something about not just hearing it but knowing who it came from and it wasn't until the third time that he knew the voice and so when i began to to hear that voice and know who it was and would listen to it i would notice life if i wouldn't listen to it or find an excuse out of it or let my flesh take over i would feel a quench and i would feel mm. that that like drifting away and so that's why the secret place is of your heart is so important like mm. i mean like having a soft heart you could there's people who say i don't get convicted about this and it's like you could be god could be uh convicting you about things that you just don't your heart is hard. You just don't know you're getting convicted yeah. about it, you know, or he just stops convicting you there. Cause he knows you're, you've hardened your heart there. And so mm-hmm. um, the secret place of the heart is really, I think what drives the whole thing. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that this is um, specifically the secret place of the heart is encouraging because man, I can't tell you how many, how many testimonies I've heard or teachings I've heard about this subject over the years of my Christian walk. And People are like, and you got to, and you know what I do? I sit for five hours in prayer and I'm like the stay at home mom can't do that. You know, or the stay at home dad or whoever, you know, and, um, there's also just different seasons of our lives where Mm. that it's just not as readily possible. Not that it's not possible at all, but, um, And so that's why it's so important. It's like, it's like, um, to me, it's like a battery, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes it's even a long lasting battery longer. Sometimes it surprises me, but it's essential to have those like physical, like secret place times because those recharge the battery and also do even more, I think. Um, but when you are in those seasons of life where. You got to be mobile. You know, you can't. You don't have a luxury to just be like, I'm having, am having a rough time. And I just need to go be with the Lord right now. You don't have, you know. I just always go back to a stay-at-home moms. You know that like mm. they're busting it out with their kids and they're around them all the time. And then their spouse comes home and then like that's their time. And then they go to bed. You know, mm. um, and they got to do it all over again. And so having those moments where that 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 battery, you know, like the, the secret place of the heart is absolutely essential
3: yeah so man that was an alley hoop right there that was that was that was definitely a good thing to touch on because one thing i noticed about the secret place that you reminded me of that i wanted to talk about too was the transitions of it Mm -hmm. and back to there's no methodology um when i first started out i mean my all i knew was just to i i you know praise god i was blessed and, and got baptized with the holy spirit very early like three nice. or four weeks into my, nice. my walk. I didn't know what it was. It just it just happened spontaneously. Yeah. <laughs> so I already kind of had that to where I just knew to to pray in tongues when I didn't know what to say kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um but what what I noticed was that there was a transition of times where I, I mean I, I was I was a secret place, you know, addict. I, I you know I really was like the first cut co- like two years that was all I wanted to do was mm-hmm. like, like the, it, it was all I wanted to do was be there and then go out and evangelize. And that was it. And then I got married and then now mm-hmm. you got this to, this mm-hmm. is another thing that you have to keep. This is another thing you have to address. Yeah. This is another thing. And so I, you know, I adjusted to that and that had, you know, that brought out stuff in me that I didn't know was there at the you know, I mean, that was, that was a whole other thing. Um, but the, I had to adjust my, my, you know, my, mm-hmm. my secret place then. Yeah. Um, And then, but then it was interesting because there were seasons where my secret place consisted of just worship. All I would do would just sing my heart unto the Lord. And what I noticed was that praise and worship would build love. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I released worship and praise, it would build my heart in love. Then I would transition into a season, season where all I did was pray in tongues for hours. And I noticed that would build my spirit. And then it would and then it would it would segue me into another um, season of just singing praise. And then it was like I would hold my I built my spirit. So then I would hold more capacity for more love. And I noticed this switching off. And then what really changed everything for me was that I went into I started reading some of the older saints. And the thing that was interesting was God was already introducing me to this stuff personally. But like no one I, that I personally knew or churches or preachers were talking about what he was introducing me to. So I started to get nervous and kind of like, oh, this is different. And it, mm-hmm. what it was was um, prayers of contemplation and, and quiet and just really just like reading the word and meditating on the word and mm-hmm. just sitting there. And so it was like these long periods of just silence. And I'm like, this feels so unproductive, you know, and, and just it was literally just like a meditation, of just turning my heart fixed on him, waiting on him. And I'll just be quiet and just pray, play some instrumentals, some Eric Gilmore on, you know, instrumentals. Yeah. And uh-huh. and it, so I ha, I'm in this season. And then I started to read like Madame Goyan And I, I started to read like Teresa Vavila and And, and these, these people that were basically introducing and giving me the language for this. And I'm like, oh, this is what they taught. And so there's so many different types of prayers. And that's one thing that we, I think, can get mixed up in is like there's different purposes for prayer and so when i had and this is back now i'm gonna tie it back to what you said yeah man when i had my daughter my youngest daughter she's she's two now it rocked my world i mean i went from being able to you know wake up early stay up late just be in the secret place get you know give my time to jesus and then that was gone it was i mean i lo- I lost it man like i, I re- it really broke me it shattered me because i didn't wow. know how to, i didn't know how to focus like i like i didn't know how to be because i'm i need jesus i need him and so for me i was like i know i'm weak i know i know i need you so I'm, i need to dwell here very long because i need as much of you as i can get to, to mm-hmm. go be who you need me to be in the world right yeah. so whenever i the the kid came and that was taken I felt like I was trying to, to function from an empty cup, you know what I mean? And so I'm like, you know, it's like a, if you're a bodybuilder and you're benching 200 you know, pounds or whatever. And, and now it's like, I felt like I was trying to, you know, build muscle with lifting like two pound dumbbells, you know? And, and, yeah. and, like func- and so the back to like what you were saying with the single mom at home or the mom at home or whatever, I mean, that was what I experienced. And it, it, it rocked me. I mean, it took me probably the yeah. whole first year to get, readapted to that because i was trying to function off of you know if i was lucky like 30 minutes of actual like devotion to god it like because you know well yeah yeah yeah.
1: well what i was gonna say the image that comes to mind dude is actually a a tree that's in a more arid um environment where their roots are going to be very deep because they're like they got to find that water right I'm talking about trees that are still bearing fruit and things like that. Not a, not a dead tree. Mm. Um, You know, and it's like those types of moments. Obviously I don't have kids yet, but I've had definitely had moments where I'm like, you know, like uh especially when I was in missions where it's just like you're working insane hours sometimes and um where it's like those roots, you kind of find out how big God is in those moments mm-hmm. when you're hungry and you're like, you, I, I get in my head where I'm like, this is, this is the, the, I need this, but it's the thing I can't have right now in, mm-hmm. in terms of spending time in the secret place physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like those roots go deep, dude. And it's just like, suddenly you you start to realize like how much stamina you've actually built up, you know, uh, even if it's uncomfortable, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you go through, you're like, Feel like you're failing, you know?
3: Yeah, no, I mean, and and it took me so long to realize what happened. But you know, what's funny is that what I learned, and it took me a good six months to learn this, was that my the baby was the present moment, and God showed me how unpresent I was. Wow! Because even though my mind's on Jesus, my mind is on the things of God. I was still neglecting the now. And yeah. so my daughter, like she was the, the present moment. Like she yeah. was the exact, you know, like Jesus is the perfect imprint of, of God, the father. Uh-huh. My daughter was the perfect imprint of the now. This is the moment before you. And what I noticed uh-huh. was that even if it was something important, but anytime, like something for work, I mean, something I needed to do, but anytime my focus would resort to myself, she would cry. She would throw tantrums. But when I was engaged and she had my undivided attention, she was she was easy. It was it was cake. Uh But it was like, God, I can't do this for 24 hours a day. I can't you know, I can't do this like if I'm not at work, I'm doing just here and then, you know, and so that was the the the, um, you know, where the frustration was coming or the friction. Where I was, you know, not able to to pull away for anything for myself, and so it taught me to just to like just give up on, you know, yeah. like trying to even think about
1: myself. Yeah, or try to, you know, it's for another day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that's
3: another topic, but um, yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely true. But you know, back to to what you were saying though, with the deep roots, is that that's what people because I, I think I made a post about it, you know, and people are saying like, you know, you could you, you honor God in this, and, and 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 absolutely, but for me, it just I, it wasn't clicking for me like you 100% can connect to God, you know, he honors, he knows your life, he knows, you know, when you turn to him. So in no way was I like negating that or, or you know, unvalidating that. Um, but for me, it just wasn't working. Like for for myself, I had to pull away, like I had to find that time. And so um, once I surrendered to it, I think, you know, he got me through it. But um, but I think I'm, you know, as far as the secret place um, there's there's grace like that's the thing you don't you don't create the secret place in the sense of i'm because you can go and say okay i just need to be more secret place if you know what i mean so i'm just gonna i'm gonna go pray for an hour and a half right now but if you're if you're if god's not leading you into that and there's not grace on it guess what you can't find him like i don't care if you pray for 10 hours if god doesn't want you to find him you won't find him if he doesn't allow himself to be seen you won't see him I've had times where I prayed for, you know, two hours, three hours praying in tongues and going off and nothing. Hmm. And then the next day I'll come back and I'll sing a a song from my heart for five minutes and the the room will just fill with with his presence. Hmm. So it's like there's there is no time. It's not about time. It's about the heart
1: in the time. So to that, do you feel like there there can be a tendency with people to use. Oh, I'm going to go spit, like, say, okay, let's give it an, like an actual example. Say you get in an argument with your wife mm-hmm. and what you, what the situation needs is for you to press in, not press into the argument, but press in to the situation and resolve it. But you're like, oh, I'm going to go away and I'm going to spend time with the Lord for hours. You know, yeah, yeah. do you feel like that can even be like, uh, A temptation to rather than dealing with something. Um, because sometimes you do look, sometimes in arguments you do need to walk away, but Mm -hmm. there's sometimes where you don't need to walk away, and walking away is actually gonna make it infinitely worse, believe you me. Uh so um, do you feel like that is something that people can, if you're not careful, you can use that as an excuse too? And that's kind of what you're talking about of like if if God doesn't want you to find him, you're not going to.
3: Yeah, I definitely think that's and that's something that I had to learn early on, too, because I was neglecting like every aspect of responsibility um the first year I was saved. Like I thought God was going to do everything. I mean, I was young in the Lord. I didn't know yeah. better, but I legit mistake. thought, OK, if I just seek out everything he's literally just going to like, just drop my life on my lap. If so, only. <laughs> yeah. So like, okay. I learned like, oh, okay. I do got to pursue some of these things. I got to mm-hmm. put my, my hand to the, to the plow. Right. Um, but absolutely. I think that there's been times in my life where I've used Jesus as an, a form of escapism, you know, but I'm also um, careful because I'm like, man, I, I, I like I said, like, I, I know that I'm dependent on him. Yeah. And so for example, the, the marriage situation, there's times where I've definitely probably should have finished the conversation and go and go to pr- go to prayer instead. But it's also in part been because I'm like I know I'm gonna say something dumb. I know I'm gonna mm. say something wrong if I don't do this. Um, and so that's been a you know finding the grace sure. in that and and just holding my tongue and 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 communicating that like hey look, I'm not in the spirit right now. I'm, I'm gonna say something dumb. Let me pull away. I'll come back. Kind of thing. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there, Josh. <laughs> Guard our uh, lips, oh, Lord. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit's like, don't say that thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to say <laughs> that thing. You know, <laughs> just like. As soon, it, as, soon as it goes
3: out, it's like you're you like, feel you feel what? good for literally two seconds. And yeah. It's
1: like, oh. You're also kind of like at the same time, like trying to reach and grab it back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you talked about two other elements to this of altars and priesthood. So talk about that.
3: Yeah, so the, so I'm going to go into to altars real quick. The first thing I'm going to say, though, about priesthood, because you can't disconnect them. So priesthood and altars are connected. They are, you know, um, they, they function off each other. And so the first thing I'll say is that you cannot function. That's why my Instagram handle is, is Kingdom Priest, mm-hmm. because I learned that you cannot function at any capacity in the kingdom without being a priest first. Okay. If you do not know uh, the 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 office of priesthood is a office of ministering unto God, but also of of keeping what has been given, of of stewarding what has already been given. It's about it's about standing in a place of intercession between God and people, um, ministering unto the Lord, and then keeping and covering what's already been given. So people like you know God's given them this, and they don't even steward that, but they're wanting what's next and what's next after that. And so I'm like, I can't be an evangelist. Like your son first, sure. But I can't be an evangelist until I'm a priest. I can't, you know what I mean? I can't do have ministry until I'm a I'm a priest of my life. I can't, you know what I mean? And so priesthood is like that is the the foundation root, I believe, of what all believers should be or should um, you know, build. And so when we look at altars, you know, I'm not gonna get too deep into it. I just want to kind of give some rough, you know, surface stuff on it. But when we look at altars it is something that you see all throughout the old testament we see abraham he built four altars throughout his his life and then we look at um you know there was when in joshua four when they cross over the jordan they they make uh and they're so they make an altar of of the stones they pile up the 12 stones Mm -hmm. so we see that there's altars for different things there's altars of of memorial when god brought them out there's there's um altars of praise of thanks there's there's altars that signify um, being called. There's altars that have, um, they have all different, there's different altars if you look throughout the whole Old Testament. But what's interesting is that the power of an altar is not necessarily uh, that you have a physical thing. Like if you look, I got, uh, I don't know if you can see, I got a little cross behind me and I have some incense things. These were a part of my grandma's altar. She had like an actual altar and, you know, she was Orthodox. And, you know, when she passed away, I, I, I took some of them. So they're part of an altar and I put them in my, my prayer room, you know, and I made, I don't have a physical, this is my altar to the Lord, but I have a spot. And what I noticed about altars is it's a place that you, you meet God intentionally. It's a place like this place, you can build an altar anywhere, you know, it's a, it's a, and so at my old prayer room, it wasn't, I remember, you know, I felt kind of, uh, I had like one of those little moments of feeling kind of good about it because I had a, a, you know, my prayer room, I started to notice that my, my older daughter, she wanted to sleep in there when she first came to live with me. Then my younger daughter, like that's the only place I could put her to sleep. And it was a, the, the way I knew it was I had built an altar there and established a place of prayer there is because I could be stressed out, not in the, you know, in my flesh and go lay in there, and not say a word. Within 10 minutes, I would have to I, it would pull me into prayer. I could I could bring, you know what I'm saying, people into it and it would stir them to to pray or, you know, I would pray in there and, and people would just start going through deliverance. And I'm like, mm. I'm not even praying. It was just I had established a place where God would visit me, where it stirred me. And, 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 you know, I mean, I have one in my car. I think all Christians love praying in their car. It's a good spot, you know. Yeah. Um, and so what if you look at altars, um, one of my favorite stories about it is if you look at Genesis 13, um, this is when Abram and Lot are leaving, and they both have all these um, possessions. They It says that they were divided by their possessions. So the possessions that they had attained were the, re, you know, that's a whole other topic and another story, but they they get divided by their possessions. And then when you look, it says that, that Lot went and moved his tent right by Sodom and Gomorrah. And then it says, this is in verse 12, it says that um, Abram says, he set his tent in between Ai and, and Bethel. So he's uh, A.I. Is, is a place of ruins and, and Bethel is, you know, house of God. So he set it in between these locations of ruins and in, in, in the house of God. And it says the first thing he did was he built an altar.
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit Elijah dot com slash give and become a partner today.
3: But you'll notice that Lot didn't build an altar. All he did was build a tent. And so. Uh, exactly one chapter later, to the verse, you see that that you know Abram's got his promise, and you know God's like, Get, "Look wherever I got you." And then it says, "Whenever there's word that the you know the kings are, are about to go to war, you see that Lot is now in Sodom and Gomorrah. He had moved his tent, so he built his tent right outside the gates without an altar. The lack of an altar is what pulled him into living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. So now he had now because Abram had established the altar, he has to come because he's he's he knows what he needs to do like before making any moves alter before i you know what i'm saying before i before wow. i do anything in the morning alter. like before we move we have to visit the altar we have to build the altar and so we see that that was the that was the dividing factor in my opinion you know what i mean i'm not gonna make a doctrine out of it but but in my opinion that's what i noticed so lot didn't make an altar he ended up getting pulled into sodom and gomorrah with all his possessions losing everything he had Abram knew the importance of an altar and he was kept and also was the deliverer of Lot.
1: Mm.
3: And so, the, I mean, uh, we also see in Second um, in Kings, I think chapter 14, I think, but um, there's one of the kings. It, and this is a um, uh, Moab king, Moabite king, I think. He's going to, to war with Israel, right? And it says that he offered his son on the altar. This is, now, this is, this is a pagan, you know, king. But he pagans know the importance of an altar. So he puts his son on an altar. And then it said Israel had to turn back. So there was something about because he offered a higher price on his altar, because he, he put a sacrifice of his own son on the altar, it was as if it overpowered the, the children of Israel. They wow. had to turn back from war. And so we just see all throughout the Old Testament the, the power of an altar. And so that's mm-hmm. obviously you know, tied into to the secret place. and. Um, that's something that's very, very interesting because I didn't, I didn't, you know, when I realized that, like for example, when I moved to this new spot, I don't have a, a well, I have a prayer room and potentially that I, I, it has storage in it right now, and mm-hmm. once it gets moved out, then that's my prayer spot. But since I don't have that, I'm like, man, I don't have like a place I could really just build my altar. You know, I pray in my room, but it's, it's a different thing than when, uh, when I had my designated prayer room. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah, and something else that I was thinking about too is like, uh, I have like like five different thoughts. So hopefully, hopefully this comes out uh, right. But I was just thinking about um, you know because we are a royal priesthood, like it says in it was it First Peter, yeah, First Peter, yeah, um, like the whole idea of like the holy of holies, you know. Um, and that the veil was torn, and that like we have access to that. Before it was the high mm. priest. The high priest was the one that had access to that the holy of holies, where the, the Ark of the Covenant was and um, God's manifest presence was. Mm. Uh, first, first Peter two, five is the verse. Yeah, thanks, Nish. Um, and um that I mean, everything that you're explaining right now is is building out that idea that that we can access the Holy of Holies. Um, and I mean, honestly I just had never like, uh, cause I saw your, your, your handle on, uh, you know, you know, Instagram stuff, kingdom priest. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's in the new Testament. And I just, it's something I'd never thought of, like, even right. though it's, you know, we are a Royal priesthood, you know, and the connotations of all of that. Um, yeah, man. It just like, it got me thinking like ever since I've had you on the show for the first time, it's had me really, really thinking about that. Um, and uh, just like the whole idea, I mean, like what you're talking about now, like fostering like an altar in your home. Um, and yeah, it could be your kitchen table, man. Like it doesn't have to be like, yeah, like a freaking shrine, you know? Yeah. 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 No, it doesn't have, <laughs> it, to, doesn't yeah, have exactly. to be, you know, it's like, it can be your kitchen table. Like, cause that's where I do a lot of my connection with the Lord. I just go, I sit at the kitchen table, got my concordance. I got like a couple different, uh, translations of the Bible. I got my journal, um, expectant for the Lord to bring that spirit of wisdom and revelation, like it talks about in, in Ephesians, you know, and, Mm. but yeah, man, it's just like right now, like I'm doing a project. So I've got stuff on my kitchen table. Uh, and so, yeah, it's like finding a new altar, finding a new place uh even if it's not, oh, in my mind, you know, it's got to be this like it's got to be a whole room, you know, I'm like, yeah, sometimes you don't have that luxury, you know yeah.
3: no, absolutely and 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 that's what that's what I think I realize is that I know when an altar is established because it pushes me into prayer, for example, mm-hmm. I had an altar um where I used to live, I had a long driveway, and I would take walks at night up and down it, and uh-huh. it prayer walks, it was like a mile long driveway, so I wow. used to do my prayer walks and stuff on it and there was this little pull off towards the end of it where it was just like a parking area, you know, and you'd pull. And I remember I, w- I started to pray there one or two days. And I think for the course of a few days, I started to really I've started like going into full prayer and in, in this place in this little cutoff. And then from that point on, it seemed like every time I walked by that place, I would have to like turn and spend some time with, with God in that, that place. But it wasn't anywhere else on that road. But that place, something about it pulled me to it and mm-hmm. pulled prayer out of me. And so I think that's it's just it's where you're acknowledging and, and establishing intentionally, God, this is a place I meet you. So it's your kitchen table that works. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter where it's at. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what would you say um, to let's kind of bring this on like a grassroots level? I um, said so there's somebody who's never really. Maybe they've never fostered, you know, uh, an environment like, you know, uh, the secret place, um, you know, and maybe they're, they've been walking with the Lord for a while and maybe they fell out of it. Uh, like, what would you, what, I mean, what would your advice be? My advice
3: is to start small, but be consistent and patient. And so, what I would say is, if you just have a one-bedroom apartment, whatever it is, you know, just have a room where you're saying, "Look, I'm gonna meet God here." Put on some worship, and every day, commit to a time. And this isn't a religious thing; it's just a commitment thing of 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 This is the part of the secret place is carving it out for God. It's it's part of the sacrifice. Of this portion is for you alone. So every day at pick your time. Whatever's convenient for you. I personally think late nights and early mornings—they're just they just something about them that are better for me. Yeah. Um, especially like early mornings, they—they they will make or break my day. I think. Um, but uh, um, that was one of the things that having a kid challenged me. Is like it ruined those those early mornings. I was oh, too yeah. tired. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so pick your time, and say, look, every day from you know six to six twenty six, whatever you know, fifteen twenty minutes. I am going. It's it's your time, God. So you are consistent with that. You start meeting him there. Just read your Bible. If you don't, if let's say you read your Bible for five minutes and then you're like, I just feel like leaving. Just sit there and say, Lord, I, you know, I told you I'm gonna give you this 20 minutes and I'll, I'll just wait on you. Mm-hmm. If you just want to sing worship songs, sing along for 20. But you just consistently give him a time and he will start to pour on it. And then from there, you'll notice like one day you'll you'll go in there and you'll you'll kind of get lost in the word or you'll get lost in your worship and you'll realize, oh wait. I've been here for like 40 minutes. And then it just starts to grow. And so that's, that's what I would tell people is just pick that time and be consistent and faithful to that. And once God, Mm -hmm. it says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It says that he loves those who love him and are diligent in seeking him in Proverbs 9. So when he sees, oh, they're really sincere, they're serious, you know, and you are just consistently doing it. He will, at some point, he will, he will show up and Mm -hmm. something will occur. There's a, a prayer channel i like called push and and i just like it because it's an acronym for uh pray until something happens uh-huh you yeah. know and that's kind of that's really the kind of how it has to be where you just set your heart to i'm just committed uh, i believe you're faithful and you'll show up and so this is your time and, and i'm gonna give it to you and it might last for the rest of your life it might just be a season and you change the times but um that's what i would say for anyone you know just just start with something give them yeah. what you can
1: i think it's great Uh something that, and I don't know if you've had a whole lot of experience with this, but something that it's actually really helped me is actually fasting. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, fasting. But I'm like, dude, I can't even tell you like when I've gotten into a fast. I've done two day fast and then 10 days. 10 days is the most I've done. But um man, um the deprivation of food and having to completely rely upon the Lord for sustenance like that man, it just kind of cuts out all the noise and it's just like I would say like three days into a 10-day fast all of a sudden it was just like you know you would sit down to spend time with the Lord and it would take a second couple of minutes to kind of get into that zone but during my fast it was like my butt barely hit the chair and all of a sudden it was just like God's presence was so mm. thick dude um and then I've had fast where then, like that doesn't happen, but yeah. the fruit of it is a greater connection with the Lord. And it's just like, so that's something I don't know if you've you've had a whole lot of experience with fasting, but that's something that's helped me.
3: Yeah, that might have to be the next time we talk that might because that's that's really one of my favorite topics. A secret place fasting like all these are my these are my like that's my favorite things to talk about because these are what I believe like. For example, like if, if if I if I'm talking about teaching about altars and teaching about the functionality of the prophetic and stuff, like that's cool. We need it. It's helping build and encourage the body of Christ. But like if if we are not pushing people to Jesus in the secret place, pushing people to the place of prayer, like that's where it all takes place for everybody. That's where we really that's our number one place we need. Um, but fasting is definitely one of those make or break things as well. Those are that's one of those things that uh, it just I when I study the people that like we read about and we talk about, you know, they all have the same thing in common: long, long periods of prayer, and they fasted a lot. And um, and not, it's not a religious thing; it's just a lifestyle right. that you just do by grace. It just it, mm-hmm. like I said, the more you, the more you give, the more he gives you to give back, and it's just a continuous thing. But um, yeah, well, that's definitely an, another helpful one as well. I think the a good analogy is it's kind of like, um the one that I, I kind of made up for myself is uh, it's like trying to vacuum with the full vacuum, you know, fasting is, it's like, when you, when you have a full vacuum, it's like dropping all these pieces. Like uh-huh. God's like throwing all this stuff on the ground and you just, you're like just yeah. not being able to receive it. And then when you fast, it's like you you empty that vacuum out. And it's just like, yeah, just, that's you just, great. you just start sucking idea. everything up. And it's like, yeah. the biggest thing that I realized about fasting is like you were saying, like, how quick, because what I'm realizing, this was a determining factor, is that we have such, and this is one of my things within Christianity, I'm trying to find the wisdom and the right words to really uh, you know, explain better. But we have such a view of God being external, we really forget the Holy Spirit is in us. So yeah. we, still, we still, because we think of Jesus on the throne, we still have such a view of God is way out there and I need to get him to come here. But the gospel hmm. is he already brought us there. And so we're already there. And so the yeah. fasting, one of the biggest things is that it taught me is he's already here.
1: Yeah.
3: It's not about, and that's like all this prayer stuff I'm talking about. It's really, not, it's more about getting yourself out the way than asking Jesus to come. Like the periods of time is it's me emptying myself. And then it's like, okay, now I'm empty. Now he can come and fill. Yeah, and good. so that's fasting helped me realize that, oh, I'm already there he's already here,
1: uh-huh. just, you know, yeah. I was the one that needed to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's, um, just kind of in closing, let's, I want to hit back on the secret place of the heart, because I think that that's something that's going to, that it's really resonating with a lot of people. I just feel it. Mm. Um, I know there's a lot of moms that watch this show. um, um obviously like for you, that was a, a really trying time. Mm -hmm. Um, of, of having to, to learn that, but are there some things like, okay, Hey, when, when a thought like this comes, I do this or, or I, I always try to orient myself in this place. Was there anything you learned from that time that might be people can glean from if they're currently in a season like that?
3: I'm going to recommend a book and I'm going to make a comment. Uh, I'd recommend uh, Practicing the Presence by Brother Lawrence. Oh, yeah. It's a quick read, small book, very powerful book. And essentially, one that was one of the books where like, God was like leading me down the path that the book kind of confirmed and gave language to. Where um, when you're busy and you're in there your day to day. It's the, it's like the secret place of the heart. This is, a, I need to do a podcast about this. The heart is deceptive, right? We have, we hear that all the time. Like the heart is deceitful above all things. Uh-huh. That's, that's one verse, right? In the old Testament. But you have at least like six other verses talking about going to your heart for guidance. You know, uh, having a heart that pleases God, having a heart that's blameless, that's holy. So there, it can't hmm. be both. You Like, how are you supposed to, he, uh, Samuel told David or Nathan told Dan, David, do all that is in your heart. So there is a a difference between having an unsubmitted heart that can deceive you if it's not stewarded well. And then when your heart is built in love and abounding in love, it it is pure. You have a pure heart. Yeah, that's a great point. To me, the secret place of the heart is if you're a busy stay-at-home mom or something, it is being intentional about having moments. It could be two minutes where you stop everything, close your eyes, and just say, Jesus, I love you. I turn my heart to you. I give you my affection, and I worship you. Hmm. and then go back doing it. but when you do you could do that and it takes 30 seconds but if you do that every 20 minutes you are you're maintaining that you know what i'm saying connection at every point so you you you're doing yeah. laundry you start it there you just invite him into this moment lord i just invite you into this moment you know, I've heard people getting weird about it, making cups of coffee for Jesus and, and you know, like, here's your cup, Lord. <laughs> you, know, and, you know, and I I actually even went. there was a couple of times I went on dates with Jesus, like I would go out to eat by myself. But yeah. I would say, all right, here's your chair. And, and I would have conversations with God, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, but it's real because yeah. you have to think like faith is what pleases God. I see. illumination. <laughs> yeah. She, just, yeah. <laughs> she
1: just said but, I made dessert dinner for Jesus before.
3: It's true though cuz it's it what it is is its crazy faith of like this is how real you are to me. This is how mm-hmm. aware of you I am and 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 I believe that God loves those kind of things, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've actually done that. I've actually well not like made things for him but like open the door for him, like we're actually walking together like I, cuz I remember when I was at uh in missions, I would like uh you know hang, you know, like it was a big big YYM base and and at night I'd go on like prayer walks and talk and um, I went into like this office and I opened the door for him, like as if he was there. Yeah. Cause he is there, but, yeah. you know, like, but like, like I would if I was with, you know, one of my buddies or something. Um, yeah. And yeah, pulled out a chair for him and yeah. like all that stuff. Yeah.
3: I'm going to tell you, like that during that season, that I was doing that stuff. I mean, that was uh, the love of God was just like pouring in, you know what oh, I mean? And, yeah. and so that's that childlike faith. um And I still do stuff like that here and here and then, but, um, uh, it's like that. Um, Stephanie Gretzinger song where she says, "I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room."
1: Hmm.
3: You know, and so that that is another thing where it's like we just we just so freely move through our day without just being aware that he's there. And you know, we mm-hmm. we we all you know do it, and that's what I'm saying. You know, like I always have to remind myself of that that I don't need to go to the physical secret place to have the secret place. It's always there. The only difference is that. For example, if you're driving and you're, you you pray, I pray while I drive, but it's not an undivided heart. That's what bothers me about it is is that I'm, I'm, Jesus is there. I can talk to him. It's all, it's all good. But there is at least 5% of me that's focused on the driving, focus on the road. And so the seek, the physical secret place is when you can give yourself fully undivided attention to him, Mm -hmm. undivided adulation. You know what I mean? It's just, to the lord and you and him and there's nothing else that is yeah. in between you and so that's that's what why you do need to have that secret place but i think personally that if you're in a place where you haven't established that and you're trying to start out in the the business of your life and he will draw you to that place he's mm-hmm. faithful you know
1: well and you and i've just seen a lot of value in just inviting him into times that i didn't think um and it really where this started for me in a more concentrated senses. I don't know if you know, Hank, Hank Kuhneman is, but he was talking about, he has this train set thing. that's like his hobby is like this huge epic train set. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a work of art, but he was working on it. And the Lord actually approached him and said, M- can I interrupt you? And he was like, absolutely. You know, but I was just like, dude, like, cause I do a lot of creative, creative things and, and really just inviting the Lord into that, that process. Holy, like mm-hmm. not just like having a moment of like, Oh, that was nice. Um, and that's kind of like the thing I've been walking out now is like walking out, just inviting him into every aspect. It's like from am doing the dishes. If I'm, you know, mm-hmm. making dinner, if I'm, uh, doing laundry, if I'm making art, you know, mm-hmm. like all those things, it's like, why, you know, he's here, you know, it's like, I I trying not to shut that off. Like, okay. That's Jesus time. this is non Jesus time. I'm like I mean like, yeah. but is it like yeah. is there a separation like there like if he's in if I have the indwelling Holy Spirit in me, if Jesus is here, then you know like this thing should be those lines should blur significantly between like yeah. sacred and secular so
3: yeah one no one hundred percent it's just that it's awareness it's mm-hmm. it's a constant awareness of of him and I, right. I think that's that's what changes it is that's what changes at least for me that's what changed it from doing christianity to walking with jesus mm. you know like just i'm just with them and yeah. and you know we're, we're on whatever journey is at hand and and when i gotta do stuff i don't want to do or you know the mundane of life mm-hmm. um that's what brother lawrence says in the book that there was you know no difference between him washing dishes and and going to the the church for service. You know, he said, I and felt Jesus go. all the same, you know. And and I think he I think it's him or someone else. They have a quote. It's one of my favorite ones. He said, uh just because I hear the guy saying it, even though I don't know I haven't heard the guy speak, but he said, um Jesus is in the bubbles, you know, and, and the dish is in the bubbles. And so mm-hmm. it's just I think it's in Colossians where it says, you know, Christ is all in all. Like he, he his glory fills the earth. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it, it's Yeah, like, he's
1: like now there's no gentile or Jew. Circumcised, uncircumcised, slaver free, barbarian, Scythian, or barbarian, Scythian, slaver free, but Christ is all and is in all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sense. Yeah, there you yep. go. Amen. Well, dude, I'll, um and I just feel a hunger in people to seek God in the secret place, wh- whatever season of life they're in. So would you just pray for that?
3: Yeah, that's what, that's what, okay. Father, I just thank you for your love and your grace. And uh, Father, I just ask that you would begin to touch everybody's heart that's listening and that you would help us to abound in love, that we would yes. be able to present our hearts before you holy and blameless. Father, I ask that you would uplift fallen hearts and and hearts that are weighed down and that you would fill them with your word. You say in your word that it is by your word that we're strengthened. It's, it's by your word that we're upheld. And it's by the sending of your word that you hold us up and pull us into new. It's your word that we need. And so, Jesus, I ask that you would just begin to deposit uh, a fresh word to everybody listening, those that need encouragement, uh, no, those that 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 just need an uh, upliftment. I ask that, Father, you would begin to p- send those words and plant those seeds. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that right now you would just bless everybody and in the place of the secret place. I ask for a hunger to be deposited. I ask Holy Spirit that you'd begin to pour out a fresh understanding and this word would land in all the right places and the right people. Um, Father, just pull people into the secret place. I I ask that you would just give people a desire to know you, to to be with you, Lord. I, I ask that you would give people uh, uh, more of a hunger to be a light in private than in public, Lord, that, that the the private light, the private burning candle is the most important one, and so I just thank you for establishing that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. All right, Josh, how can people follow you? How can they listen to your podcast? Farewell to the Surface? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at
3: uh, Joshua underscore Kingdom Priest, as well as TikTok, and I have a uh, YouTube, which is just my name, Joshua Zakhoff, You can follow me there. and
1: Posting music and such.
3: Yeah, I got to get more. Like I said, I pulled away. I've been pretty inactive on the social Mm -hmm. media stuff, but I'm about to get back back at it. So
1: Awesome, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on. This is a great, great conversation. Always, man. Love talking to you guys. Yeah. Everybody, have a blessed Tuesday. Tune in Wednesday. We got a juicy one tomorrow. Oh! We've got Illumination. She, Illumination Spencer, who is the producer of this very show, is going to be the guest on Elijah Fire. So I'm very excited. Illumination is very excited. You all are very excited. That's going to be tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We love you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow with Nash. Okay, bye.
0: This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening.